This is CliffCentral.com. Future CEOs on CliffCentral.com. Welcome back to Future CEOs here on Cliff Central. We're talking cryptocurrency. We're talking uh, blockchain, trying to understand how it all comes together. Fluby, uh, the, the first conversation, can you summarize it in two lines? Fascinating. Uh, One word. (laughs) One word. Fascinating. Fascinating. Okay, so what have we done in our first half hour? We really tried, but it's uh, we were just talking of how complex this is. It's not a rabbit hole; it's a a rabbit warren, and that's Mm. the the words of our in studio guest here, Justin McCarthy, who is the the chief executive of Project Ubu, which we're going to talk about in this um, half hour. But we're going to frame it in a particular kind of way. And and what's so important is is to understand a couple of key terms. First, uh, Justin, let me just throw some terms at you, and then you can uh, tell us what it is. And if you need me too, I've also got a couple of terms. Explanation. Okay, Fluby, you do this then. You you say, and let's start with the terms, and then we'll pull back into our conversation, which is around the blockchain technology and how then it. It's, it's probably a very good idea to, 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 just to jump in there because uh, defining the, the defining the, n- not only the questions but the context of the conversation Correct. is actually yeah, quite important. Exactly. So fire away. Okay, so let's start off with universal basic income. Ho! Oh. <laughs> okay, so universal basic income is also uh, – it's an economic theory that's been around for oh, – Apparently, Descartes was uh, was one of the originators of it, but throughout history, there's been many, many, many versions of it, which essentially talks about um, uh, in in a centralized control environment like like governments, uh, uh, countries, um, which are all centralized. Um, there's there's unequal access to resources fundamentally. There's always those who are born into a level of privilege, and those who are born into Varying degrees of underprivilege down to zero privilege, um, and um, there's a, there's an element of socialism to it, and there's even an element of of communism to it. Um, what what communism? One of the cornerstones of communism says is that every human being has equal value. Correct. I don't buy that. I say every human being has value. Mm. But it's not necessarily equal. Mm. We have different strengths, different weaknesses, different areas to contribute. So, uh, you know, and as a free market economist, I believe that that's uh, and a libertarian that I should be able to make money. But I also, you know, my social conscience says that I should also be able to contribute to that. So UBI is a fundamental economic model. Which uh, says, and the vast majority of the of the UBIs that have that have been tested and and tested properly throughout the world, and there's about twenty or thirty decent examples. I don't know. Switzerland are doing something right now. So I mean, we're, we're not talking about little remote things. We're talking about some yeah, fairly stable. Uh, Canada is one of the Canada has actually been at it for about thirty years. Yeah. Well, I say at it. They've had various projects, um, and they spec- they they focus on low income areas. Um, but essentially, what it's about is. Giving people access to the economy. Mm. So if you think about it in simple love terms. Love that, love that, love that. <clears throat> yeah. You think about it in very simple terms. And, the, and my favorite South African example, and I've said this so many times in interviews, is that <laughs> the guys who go around the suburbs collecting plastic, paper, etc., etc., cardboard, mm. and they come gushing down – Dashing down Grayston Drive, yeah. I know, because I'm there at five o'clock yeah. in the morning on the way to Virgin <laughs> And their their liability to themselves and, and others yeah. as well. But you know, I I have personally spoken to them. They're in Cape Town, they're in PE, they're, in, they're not so much in Durban. I've and I've spoken to about 40, 50, 60 of these individuals, had long conversations, some of them, you know, some of them ten minutes, some of them forty five minutes. Um 
because I'm fascinated a, 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 about this whole accessing the economy thing. They live hand to mouth. So if they don't get up in the morning and at four o'clock in the morning and start collecting and cover a huge area and drag, you know, on those trolleys, homemade trolleys made of various whatever, uh, you know, 100 kilogram loads up and down hills all day long. It's seriously hard labor in the freezing cold in winter, in the heat of the day in summer. Uh, they're homeless. Uh, 99% of them are homeless. Um, and at the end of the day, when they get down to the depot, they get 20 or 30 bucks. For the day. Which yeah. gives them enough to replenish the energy that they've expend, the expended day. during during the day. So yeah. enough to eat. To, to, so they are existing. Mm-hmm. They're not mm-hmm. living. Mm-hmm. They're existing. I hear you. They work to live. So, And they are entrepreneurs mm-hmm. in their own right uh, because otherwise they'd starve. And the government is not looking after them for whatever reason or they're not on social benefits. And social benefits is a form of uh, – social grants is a form of UBI – and, and and I'll tell you unequivocally that without the social grant system in South Africa, the way it's the way it's growing, it's unsustainable. But right now, uh, it's it's critical. We would have had a revolution 20 years ago, no question, none at all, because you've got you know 35 percent of the population or whatever the numbers are, might be 40 depending on whose figures you read, who are completely de- not completely but largely dependent on on handouts and grants, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> and that works because what what happens with the UBI is that so a government or an NGO takes a piece of, uh, takes a, takes a, a portion of, of, of money and says, Fluby, you come from an under, under, uh, developed, uh, segment of the economy, uh, you're poor. Here's a bit of money that gives you enough energy to, uh, sorry, gives you enough money to survive and feed yourself so that you can become productive. Yeah, that you can, yeah, that you can increase the value that you described earlier, which is that everyone's got an innate value, but some people may be valued less than others. Yes. In this particular instance, they are, but they can potentially grow that value. And you're saying that a U, UBI is potentially that way to do it. Or well, the starting point. It, it, it's a starting point. Um, um, there's a, there's an economic, well, so widely known, uh, it's not an economic, it's a really, really a mathematical thing called, um, uh, the, oh, actually, I'm not even going to go there because it's just going to go down into another rabbit worm, rabbit hole. Um, so um, it's about distribution theory. So a UBI really just gives people a kickstart to be able to, if they have nothing else. If you're not a subsistence farmer or whatever else. You know, subsistence farmers have a much better life, generally speaking, than those who are collecting paper and rubbish. Um, if you're a starving Somalian and caught in the middle of a war, well. You know, heaven help you because you're a victim of everybody and you're getting raped, robbed and pillaged by every soldier that crosses your path or government official or and, uh, whatever. So, yeah, I mean, that's really what it's about. It's enabling people to become self-sufficient. So in all of the good case uh, studies that have been measured, what happens in a UBI environment is that first thing that happens is that crime drops significantly. Because people aren't starving, so they don't have to steal from each other. Second thing, I'm talking about in communities. The second thing that happens, and they're not in any particular order, is that uh, the rate of of self-employment goes from very very low levels to significant levels. I'm talking about two, three hundred percent higher. People become active. They, they become economically valuable because they perfect have got, for entrepreneurial They've got energy. They've got energy because they've got food in their stomachs. Mm. You can't be very productive if your stomach is empty. Mm. You can't learn as a child when you go to school with an empty stomach and you're not going to eat anything for two days. Mm. It's, the, it's the principles are exactly the same. Mm. And, and then community standards increase and the whole 
the whole dynamic of the community changes. The problem with UBIs is that, as I said, 90% of them plus are either run by NGOs, well, run by mostly by governments, or they're run by some of them by NGOs. So I want to jump in at this particular point because you're saying there's a problem with them. But what you're doing is you're coming in and you're saying we potentially have a solution, a solution built on blockchain, a blockchain principle, a, a, a is it a particular protocol? And this is where we'll enter with UBU, which is a universal basic unit that you you have now created. This is really fundamentally why you're here today. Mm. Um, talk to us then about the the creation of UBU, and I, I think we can we call can it Ubu. Ubu, yes, beautiful. Please. And and it was you know I was chatting to my wife off air and she was saying UBU UBU so and I was saying no Ubu Ubu but Ubu has a beautiful ring to it. I'm afraid your wife is wrong on this occasion. Okay, <laughs> I'll, I'll let her know. Um, baby, listening. Um, so the the long and short of it is that you have I think framed the why why you want to do it yeah. in in part by describing the benefits of a UBI. Now talk to yeah. us about UBU or. A, Ubu, for okay. this particular case. Ubu. So Ubu, if you listen to the first half of the show, Ubu is a distributed and decentralized monetary system that is not issued by governments. It is not issued by NGOs. And the problem with governments is, and it doesn't matter what government in the world it is, is that politicians are voted in and out of power and they make compromises all the time. Mm-hmm. So they go, well, well, this politician comes and says, oh, I'm going to do this, and then they do it, and they're very popular, and then they do something else, and they're not so popular, and then the next person comes in, and South Africa are very good at that. We get halfway through the implementation of a five-year program. Self-serving, that's what I call it. Well, not even, not even the self-serving, even the, even the good mm-hmm. ministers and good mm-hmm. departments. You know, they get a new minister on board who changes direction. Mm-hmm. Uh, for whatever reason, and they're halfway through the implementation. So governments are enormously inefficient, enormously inefficient. By their very essence of bureaucracy is enormously inefficient. So, you know, three-quarters of, of, of or half of, of policies never get implemented properly. They only get halfway, and then the policies change, and then they start again. And so, you know, we waste, we waste 50, 60, 70% of the resources, and it's terrible. So what Ubu is about is – Based on the on the on the on the principles of blockchain and 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 distributed economics, is we uh, the the Ubu is a unit of account that we give away to what we call citizens, which is anybody who chooses to. I'm going to highlight just something. I'm I'm interrupting you. I'm sorry, but hmm? what you just said is important. You give it away. So this is an important point around we, Ubu. We but give it away. Yes, you give it away. It is not free. Mm-hmm. It's the difference between giving something away and being free. And mm. I'm, I'm, I'm drawing a very fine line here, but we, we at Project to. Ubu hate the word free. Okay, so we, uh, let's not go down that just mm. yet. Sorry, I interrupted okay. you there. No problem. So, um, so we, we give these units away. The units uh, called Ubus, 100 a day, uh, you, you, you accumulate in a wallet. And the first principle is that we have a mechanism called a dissipation mechanism. Okay, which is designed to uh, to if it's a designed on a use it or lose it principle. If you don't use them within a certain time frame, they they decay. Mm. Okay, mm. and there's a very fundamental reason for that. Well, and everyone is listening. So, what is that, that? What is that period of time? I want to hear well, that. Well, that period of time is it's daily. Okay, actually, because it's a daily issuance, so that the, the the dissipation rate is daily, and it's. It's uh, a very low. It's between one and one point five percent in terms of dissipation. It's very low, but the, that's mathematically calculated to 
uh, and for a very good reason is that mm-hmm. the biggest one of the biggest problems with the global economy is that um, the wealth hold on to their wealth, yeah, and they make more wealth out of it. It's not distributed; yes. it's hoarded. Mm-hmm. So we can't have a unit that's hoarded. Otherwise, we're just going to create another capitalist system along the same lines as the one that's currently very broken. Mm. Um, and and I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm a good capitalist, but bad capitalism is 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 taken over. Good capitalism yeah. has overtaken good Agreed. capitalism, in my personal opinion. So uh, the, the dissipation mechanism uh, it does that. So you will never be able to accumulate more than 10,000 ubus mm. before your rate of dissipation exceeds your rate of or equals your rate of earning, so, so you, to speak. And in other words, you're just going to be sitting on 10,000 in, 10, in perpetuity. In perpetuity, and you're never going to be able to hoard. Yeah. Like you can hoard Bitcoin or you can hoard gold or you can hoard cash or whatever. And, that, and, and, and I mean, if, if we're going to go into some of the principles, I mean, the, the, what's really happened with Bitcoin is that people are hoarding, hoarding Bitcoin. It. Bitcoin. Mm. It's, it's creating all the, the uncertainty and volatility that we're seeing here. And what you're trying, and I, I was wondering about this. Holding is not, is, is not the volatility uncertainty. It's the regulatory environment and it's the it's the it's the growth of an adoption that is the, the that is creating the volatility but that that's back to chapter one of the first section. sure sure so um, if you don't use it you lose it you don't usually don't lose and, and a very good reason okay is that it is anti-inflationary and inflation uh, is uh, the biggest flaw in the global economic system yeah it erodes it erodes value mm-hmm. and if you have lots of assets Great, because you're lending money and you're earning that that interest. If you're middle class, forget about the bottom of the pyramid. Correct. Well, you spend a great deal of your life in debt. Correct. Uh, and paying for somebody else to get richer and richer and richer and richer and richer. And that's why we have this 1% mm. uh, who are untouchable. You have 10% who are so comfortable that they never need anything else. And then this massive middle class who really spends the bulk of their lives paying debt. For mm. their car, for their house, for their education, for their what, 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 what. Uh, and then you have the bottom of the pyramid who have nothing. And we have a, a certain uh, genesis point in, in all of this. So we say thank you to uh, the systems that were put in place a long time ago, reserve bank systems and similar, because that's really the genesis of the the whole mechanism that has built society as it is with this very small top, this big middle, and perhaps even now bigger bottom. Yeah, it, 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 it hasn't been, it hasn't alone built it, but it's been no, a huge, a huge factor in, in the centralization and of and control of money. And that's another whole subject by itself in terms of reserve banks. I mean, I'll say this on air because I've put it in print many times is that the biggest Ponzi scheme in the history of mankind is the US dollar. And we were going to ask you about it, but you brought it up. <laughs> so, so in 30 seconds, tell us what you mean. Well, the Fed, as a Federal Reserve, uh, decoupled from the gold standard. You'll have to Google it if you want to know a little bit more about the history. Um, so basically what reserve banking was about, um, uh, at reserve banking is that the amount of currency and issuance could never exceed the amount of gold bullion that, it, that lived in the vaults. And that was exactly. that was essentially security. That's security. Exactly what it is, security. Yes. Then what they introduced, and it wasn't just the Americans, it was all the rich, blah, 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 was, uh, is fractional reserve banking. Oh, okay. But um, if you've got a, a million dollars worth of gold, uh, how many, what are the chances of, of all your creditors coming uh, coming to you at once and saying, all your depositors coming to you at once and saying, I want all my money back? Yeah. They're extremely low. So, so okay, they, well, so you can lend 120% of the yeah. value, then 150%. Then and, and now we're talking about 
you know, global debt in the $300 trillion dollar level, mm-hmm. 230, sorry, trillion dollar level at mm-hmm. 320 odd percent, uh, uh, yeah. uh, 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 GDP in relation to GDP, so we live. The whole world lives in a massive debt pool. And I think the, the the point of me bringing that into this is that that's that's what happens when you centralise something. Going back to our previous conversation, one of the things that and happens, and, yeah. and what you're describing is now a decentralised currency that yeah. is going to be given. It's not free, but it's going to be given away. There's going to be some kind of degradation um, involved. Um, why? Bring bring it. Bring us full okay. picture. So, let, so let, back. So back to the obvious. So that's the first principle is the is the dissipation, anti-inflationary, anti-hoarding. Just get away from the things that created mm-hmm. this current system. The second thing is that this thing has to have a value. Mm-hmm. At the moment, at uh, in reality, right now it's got zero value. It's, it's not worth anything. It's worth what. Somebody is like anything else, and like every other currency. What people make out of it, what people put into it, uh, what people well, trade with it. What 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 traders are prepared to trade it for? Being a little bit more specific to mm. that, um, and uh, the last sort of four or five years, I've 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 been um, I've tried to understand money and the world's monetary system, and I got into reading history and all sorts of things. And if you really want to understand. Uh, uh, a blockchain, uh, not blockchain. You really understand, understand cryptocurrencies. Mm-hmm. The best thing you can do yourself is, is go and read up on history. And there's lots and lots and lots of books and references. So learn about money. Learn about the history of money. Mm-hmm. Why does money exist? And I'm not, not, I'm not talking about necessarily notes, but anything, mm-hmm. coins back mm-hmm. in history to 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 shells, a whole of curry money. shells. Yeah, well, curry shells. Well, I came and I gave you a bunch of curry shells and gave me a bunch of bananas. Mm-hmm. What the hell were the curry shells worth? Well, I like them because I can make a necklace of them. What was gold's intrinsic value originally? It's shiny. Mm. Ask the Aztecs. The Aztecs built currencies. Built, no, no, no. They used it as a, a to build temples to mm. to their gods. Mm. So it was a holy Sacred. material. Mm. Uh, they never used it for trade mm. until the 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 Europeans arrived Lungry. and went, "Whoo! Look at all this gold!" Mm. And then wiped them all out and stole all their gold. So for the ordinary entrepreneur. What does that mean? Okay, so uh, I have to go back to the to, how does how does the ubu gain gain value? The ubu gains value by we 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 deal with ven- what we call vendors, um, who are people. It doesn't matter who they are, uh, uh, traders of some sort. So they can be retailers, they can be any business, mm. who are prepared to accept ubus as at least in part payment for goods or services, and the value we. The value that's uh, we deter they determine the value of, of what of, of of the ubu. So there's uh, and I, this again is another much broader subject. But the principles are that first of all, if you look at network effects, and that comes back to distribution and decentralization as well, is that the Metcalfe's law is uh, states very fundamentally that the value of a network increases exponentially with every connection that you put yeah, every additional node yeah. in every additional node exactly so uh, you know the power of of uh referral marketing i'm staying away from certain i'm, I'm glad you brought this up because i wanted to i wanted to challenge you on this but go for it yeah, you're cool. going to explain it cool well it's let's say let's say um one of the earliest adopters that we've got is is uh is, is vendors are prepared to accept it as 
a way, a means of bringing in new business. Mm. So as a marketing cost. So they're already spending money on marketing in some shape, form or manner. Mm. Now we have built a platform in which we will have in time millions and millions and millions of citizens who've got this, these units of accounts sitting in their wallets and they're looking to spend them. In other words, currency to spend. Currency, currency to, spend. to trade. So I want to attract new, new, new people into my store. I'm selling Coca-Cola and buns. Well, Here's a, here's a free marketing platform which you can do that. Take a portion of your, of your goods or services in Ubus. And then the value of the Ubu, like every other currency in history, goes from zero to wherever it goes to. And then it's linked to the, the product that you, you're, cha- you're changing essentially. Well, the, 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 the vendor links to whatever he, he whatever that value to. is. Yeah, yeah. They place the value on it uh, initially. So. Okay. So F- future, future, future dreams and goals for Project Ubu. Um, we've got uh, in, the, in our white paper. We've got very specific uh, goals. We we aim in in a period between eight and ten years of five hundred million citizens. Um, we are focusing principally on Africa because this is where we come from, but we've got an awful lot of interest from all over the place. You'd be astonished. Uh, not only developing markets, but developed markets. But the subcontinent, Indian subcontinent, um, is a uh, there's a, a great deal of interest out of there, out of uh, South America and out of, of Southeast Asia as well, as well as first world markets as well for for a variety of different reasons. So we're aiming for 500 million citizens, um, and for the value of the Ubu. To uh, to be around twenty seven US cents uh, in that time per unit. So if you're getting a hundred a day, that equates to two dollars seventy in today's monetary terms. And the reason that that's two dollars seventy, I can see Sluby's eyebrows <laughs> going. Where the hell did you come up with that figure? <laughs> is that is the that is the that is the current the, the various measures. Of, that's the current um, uh, uh, poverty line mm. as defined uh, by the World Health Organization okay. or the United. The, the, I'll go with World Health, which is which is partly why Africa is in such a state because they speak about us earning less than two dollars a day, um, the, or, or living off just less than two dollars a, a day a in, in the SADC region. A dollar ninety is the is the base poverty line. Two dollars seventy is the is the more liberal uh, poverty line. We've run out of time. Listen, uh, cle- like clearly, what guy, it, yeah, yeah, clearly what this means yeah. for me is that we have to have Justin back in studio. We're going to have to ask a whole bunch more questions. Uh, we must get questions from um, all of you Great. who are listening. Um, and we'll, we'll, Justin, if you will come back, please come back, answer some of our questions for us. Um, thank you for doing what you do. Uh, really, it, it seems like a modern mad- manner from heaven that you're offering. Uh, same principles. It was offered on a daily basis. Oh, man. There was a, a, a degradation <laughs> process that that uh, that occurred uh, uh, if uh, it wasn't been used. brought to my attention. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you for some modern manner from heaven. We certainly hope that it assists with the so, some of the issues that uh, universal basic income will be able to uh, to offer. Thank you for doing this on the ba- the back of blockchain as well. Um, thank you for. It's the only way to do it. It, it seems like it's the only. It's way the only to way, do way to do it. Otherwise, you get regulated out of out of out of out of business and or out of off your principles and you get pushed and misdirected so thank so. you so much for your time unfortunately we have run out of time and so we will see justin we'll, we're going to look out for you in the news maybe i'll see you same time same place next week and we will uh, all our all, all of our podcasts are available on cliffcentral.com or future-ceos.com we will see you next week this is cliffcentral.com